How many ever heard of uh, your eye gate? Your eye gate. The things that you'll add into your life and the things that you don't, things you've got a, uh, a boundary against. We are gatekeepers, every one of us, every one of us. We have to watch the gates. There's three different types of gates. There may be more, but the only ones I've seen was eye gate, ear gate, and mouth gate. How many of you ever got in trouble by any one of these gates? Oh, especially the mouth gate. That's not tonight. But tonight we're going to be talking about the, the, the eye gate, the things that we see and, and the things that aren't beneficial and the things that... Uh, that causes many, many heartaches. And I'll give you some scripture eventually and as we go. Better put my glasses on. Man, that was great worship. Man. Hmm. I don't know if I said it yet, but man, that was great. That was great worship. I don't know if I said that yet or not, but it was like great. I must have worked for like two days on that. It was incredible. I think they worked this afternoon. It was really good for a couple hours of work. Man, it sounded great. These different gates and the reason that you have to be the one that controls them because you control what comes in and out of your life, what you allow, what you allow to come in, what you allow to stay out. And you, you wisdom you use in, in, in actually it's what dictates your life. And I wrote down some things that I thought about, things that will come in through our mind and through, through the different gates and, and, uh, so many things that bring doubt, unbelief, fear, anxiety, they come through these portals and they come through in different ways. You may see something that just triggers you into thinking the absolute worst. You may hear something that makes you think of the worst and you may see something that makes you think the absolute worst. And then you get caught up in this and you're paralyzed. Has anybody ever been paralyzed because of things you hear, say, or, 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 or hear, say, or think, or say things you see? And the things that can really upset you that really has no... Uh, there's no bearing on you. Every gate, all, every gate all of us have dealt with and will continue to deal with. And if we haven't dealt with it, you will. Go to Psalms 100. I, don't, I want to read that starting off to you. There was a, how many of you heard of Jimmy Evans? Um, Jimmy Evans teaches a lot, of, does a lot of marriage seminars and stuff. And he has several messages, but he, he brings up one particular theme. And this one theme is uh, about you believe what you say. Now stay with me. He, uh, he had a problem with thinking when he was 19 years old, he got into the ministry and, and he was a, a chain smoker and he smoked all the time. He said, I'd get up in the morning and have my breakfast and have my coffee and have my cigarettes and, and I'd have my Bible right there. And I'm just sitting, mm, mm, this is really good. Mm. Mm. I'm not saying that you're going to hell if you're smoking. That is not the intent of this. But I'm going to tell you what the intent is. He's seen himself through a certain set of eyes. And he saw himself every day as a smoker. He never thought, felt convicted about it, never thought it was any big deal. But he saw himself as a smoker. And he said the Lord was dealing with him. The Lord said, uh, you know what? You want to quit smoking? Because I want to see you really used for the kingdom. And as long as you have these little visual things hindering you, it's going to hold you back. He said, Lord, I do. Yeah, I want to. So he said, I started praying and started fighting, started warning against this this eye gate, this mouth gate, and I couldn't break it. He said, I couldn't do anything against it. And he said, the Lord said one morning, 
I want you to get rid of it. And he said, Lord, I've tried. I don't know how. He said, you got to start. All you got to do is start saying to yourself, I'm a non-smoker. I'm a non-smoker. And he thought, that's kooky. Ain't no way. that, that would if, if, if any of you in here are smokers, you know what I'm saying. Smoking's a hard thing to kick. But uh, he went to work that day. And I don't know where he worked, what kind of job he had. But he walked in there. And uh, as soon as he got there, the guys that he worked around, they all looked at him. And he said, they knew they were smoking. He wasn't. Then every 30 minutes, God guy comes say, here, you want to smoke? No, I'm not a smoker. Well, you were a smoker yesterday. I'm not a smoker. And they started handing him cigarettes all day. And this went on all day. But he kept saying, I'm a non-smoker. And then not when he got home, he got, he got whatever his routine was. I guess he sat down, whatever. And he would say, I'm a non-smoker. And he would not take a cigarette of his own. And so eventually, he began to see himself not in the same eye as he had always visualized in himself, in his mind. And so, and that's how he quit smoking. Now, will that work for you? I don't know. But he was obedient God told him how to do it, and as he began to speak it, he began to believe it. And today I want to talk to you about your eye gate. And uh, exactly, you know, you can always think of something bad, but you can think of something that's not really so bad that you put in front of you. But you've got to be careful. Everything you look at has a, a deeper meaning, and you'll sit and be mesmerized to a degree by it. Psalms 101 and verse 3. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the, the work of them that turn aside, it shall not cleave to me. Man, that, it shall not cleave to me. Do you think about the depths? When you think of some cleaving, do you think of something hugging? Do you think of something really taking a hold? And to be honest with you, when you set something wicked in front of you, it can be a variety of things. But what are some wicked things that we can set before our eyes today? Now, I'm going to say something, and I don't want my family or anybody else to get mad at me. But there is some wickedness before our eyes constantly if you have a phone in your hand. It is amazing how much time that steals and is a wicked thing. It is not a thing that is, that is, a, that is just a tool or just an instrument, but it's become, a setting, it's become a setback to each and every one that is addicted to their phone. I hate the work of them that turn me aside. It shall not cleave to me. In other words, do you see this? You see how it deters you and it gets you a focus on something that you don't? Careful not to say too much. I was almost okay. Verse four: A forward heart will depart from me, and I will not. I will not know a wicked person who privately slandereth his neighbor. Him will I cut off, like him that hath a high look and a proud heart. Will I not suffer mine? I, heart will I not suffer? Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land. And they may dwell in the place with me, and they walketh in a perfect place, and he shall serve me. And all those things are things that they have allowed to set up in front of them. It may be the things you, not the things you were to watch on TV, but the people you look at, the way you look at them, the way you value them. Things that you find important are things you set before your eyes. What have you done in your life today that was important that you set before your eyes? What have you done yesterday? What did you do this past week? What is it that, that something you can't live without looking at or watching? And think about it. Is it something that's deterring your, your, your goals with God? Or is it hindering you in any way that you shouldn't have it, that element in your life? I want you to... Is it any doubt that... That thing that we set before our eyes is a conflict. So I wrote down, wrote down four things to question yourself about before you do anything you do that you set before your eyes. Did it help you? 
Did it bless you? Did it lead you to a better life spiritually, physically, and emotionally? And are you now better off because of it? It is so important these things are, are things that you say. I think, for instance, okay, we, we don't have anybody in here who watches the Super Bowl, but because we always have church that night. But if we didn't have church and we watched the Super Bowl, we had a Super Bowl party and all this on, how many of us would really have our life ever changed? Not that sports are evil, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that the little things that you set before your eyes is very detrimental. Did it help you? Did it bless you? Did it lead you to a better life spiritually, physically, and emotionally? And are you better off for it now? But now when you say, when you say about this, you're thinking, everything I said before my eyes, man, you're thinking that, boy, all we do is watch TV or watch our, our phone or, or anything that we set before our eyes, it's got to be bad. Now, everything you set before your eyes is bad. You can sit and watch, look at pictures on your phone, your, your kids, it's good to reminisce and, and things. But there are certain things that you should do and you should know to get them out of your life. So what do I do when I have a problem that is ever before me and it's always in my life? Now listen, it doesn't matter about that it's just your eyes, but everything around you, okay, let me gather my thoughts. How do you overcome when something is eating you up and you're constantly on what you've seen? You may have seen something, you may have witnessed something, you may have watched your family do something, and it's ever before you, or maybe it's a habit that you have, it's ever before you. How do you learn to block it? How do you learn to hinder it? How do you learn to set it back aside? Does anybody know? When you have something bad sitting before you, and you sit and watch, and, and you may be walking dead, you know, you may be watching that or something, and I don't know what that means, but they're dead zombies or something. And, but if it's, okay, let me go off that. Uh, I want you to go to a scripture with me. It's, uh, it's Deuteronomy chapter 6. You have to learn to replace thoughts. Chapter 6. Meditate on what you said in front of you. Learn to meditate. Meditate. What does meditate mean? It means to sit and think. It doesn't mean uh, you cross your legs and you don't, you don't do this type of thing. It's not the te- type of meditation that your uh, Eastern religions you have or something. But it is something about biblical meditation, about me- getting your mind set aside on something it should be set on. And there's a scripture that goes along with this in, in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And said, so these words which I commanded this day, thus I... Set the, mm, this day shall thy be in thy heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently to the children. Shall talk about them when thou sittest in the house. One walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou, when thou risest up, and, and thou shalt sit, bind them for a sign upon thy hands, and they shall be frontlets for the eye, between the eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house. And we've all heard this read. We've all read it a hundred times. And we've all thought about the little things we put up in our house and talk about the scriptures we write down. But we also, but when do you, when do you take them and you replace that time of things said before you and you, and how do you replace it? That is what you use in replacement of setting something bad before you. So let's think about this. If I'm going to use scripture and I'm going to use it at these times in the morning, I'm going to do it in the evening. I'm going to do it when I lie down. And when I walk this by the way in the middle of the day. 
look in a, you, when the user finds scripture to meditate on, that's what a lot of people do. Uh, someone in here, there may be a particular verse you, uh, maybe something you battle and you have a verse you have a tendency to go to at times when, when you're battling something. Anybody? Y'all not helping me out. Is there a scripture that you said and meditate? Do you quote it? Do you say it to yourself? you say it to your enemy? you say it to the, to the thing that's set before you? I can do all things, all things Philippians 4. What else? Shall not? Anybody else? Very good. Let me tell you what I mean. Let's go to, Philipp, uh, to Psalms chapter 1. Well, let's say that you've, built, you've been seeing some stay, things in your, your eye gate has allowed some things to get into your life and you're thinking all these bad things about yourself or you're just negative, negatively thinking and you're saying things and maybe you had a bad day, maybe they shortchanged you and somebody ripped you off and maybe you lost your wallet, maybe you got a ticket. How many's got a ticket lately? Don't talk about that. You've got tickets and, and the cops should have got somebody else to get in front of you who's going a lot faster than you, but you got it and for some reason I don't know why and, and you got all these things in your head. But there's a thought, this, this scripture, when I read it, is a perfect scripture to read when your mind is troubled or your mind is confused or your mind is bombarded or your mind is, is wanting to go a different way. You have to replace a thought, okay, I learned this from Jimmy Evans. Um, how many of y'all can just zap a, a thought out of your head? Okay, how many here, I want you to... to uh, he said, yellow elephant or red dog. Well, none of you, all of you are thinking about a yellow elephant or red dog. Change your mind. Change your mind. And I went to Psalms 1, Psalms 1 and I thought instantly, the way that I override that thought in my head is blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Instantly, your mind has changed from a whole frame of mind, from a whole of, think of, Think of, of something negatively or something detrimental to you. It's beginning to think about sowing seed into the right things. And walketh not of the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the way of sinners, nor standeth, uh, standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. I want to stop here. And I'm going to go ask for a show of hands, but I want to ask you, how many of you, how many Every morning when you get up, you read something to get your day started. I guarantee you, if we was all, if we was all extremely honest and it was a whole thing around here, nobody could throw their hand up and all hold it up and whatever, it'd be very few of us to really set our mind up to something every morning and get our mindset on something apart. You see, you have to get your mind focused on things. That, well, what happens? You know what was bugging you? Know what was bugging you last night when you went to bed? How many of you had something bugging you last night when you went to bed? I guarantee you, you did. By the way, Richard's getting married this Saturday at 3 o'clock, and I encourage you to come. Yeah, woo. I forgot about that earlier. I was making up for it. Uh, uh, you got it better now anyway. But when you went to bed with something on your mind, whether it's your house, Caitlin and Bill, with all the things that's going on, the flooring and everything else, it was on your mind. And you know what? You went to bed and thought, well, it'll be there in the morning. But somebody else, you had something more serious on your mind. A hypothetical situation, a situation you can't control, and it's upon your mind. And when you went to bed, it was on your mind. And when you woke up, it was on your mind. 
and it's discouraging, and it's beating you down. But you get your Bible out, and every day if it's the Psalms 1, if you read every other, I don't care what you do every day of the week, when your mind is every day set on this thing, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, and bringeth forth his fruit in his season, and his leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Then godly are not so, but like chaff, which are driven with the wind. Do you see the little things that get your mind messed up and you always over-exaggerate their importance and, and maybe things that you think that could come against you and they're really, I know it, to the wind, they're driven with the wind and toss. Uh, verse five, therefore then godly shall not stand in the judgment. It's a complete contradiction. The last three verses of this chapter are complete contradiction to the first few because in the beginning it was all those who live right they can, they would be in judgment. They would cast judgment. Well, let's just go back and read it for Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the godly, nor sinneth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. How many would rather establish your day with this scripture in mind, with my mind and everything I decide, whatever I sit before me, whatever I go to do, I'm going to have this mentality? Yes, absolutely. If you don't say yes, Verse 4, down to verse 5, then to verse 6. The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. It is short-lived. It's amazing that what we can do, what we set before us, and what we put our hands to do, what we watch ourselves fix and mold and, and make and, and work on a roof or, or whatever we do all day before our hands, we're making something, but we're establishing our ways by what we do, what we set before us. I don't know if it's godly or ungodly, but I know this, your, your future determines, is determined on, on what you said before you. It's what you see in your eye gate. I think so many of us would be so beneficial if we could just start ourselves off with the, the first three verses and, and how we can become all that we could be and, and establish and, and root set, set deep. And, and in the end, of, of course, the Lord knoweth the ways of the righteous, but then godly they shall not be remembered. Without this next element, none of us ever would have come to grace and none of us would have ever understood it. And no one would have found it uh, valuable. But God is a God of grace. If we really understood what that meant, but go to Hebrews chapter 4. something pleasing before her eyes back here. All right. God of grace. He knows we are flesh. His word is alive and it frees us from damaging thoughts. How many has any thoughts of your past that, that seem to torment you at times? Does anybody have any thoughts in, in your past? Yeah, the latent is honest. Uh, there's things that we dwell upon that we used to, you know what I used to, I'm going to talk about, tell you my thought, but I used to get really embarrassed about some behavior I used to be involved in, and boy, I would hate to see those people even today, embarrassing, how foolish, and the type of actions I did in front of those people. 
And if you let those thoughts, you dwell on them too much, it's amazing that you'll get consumed with them. And then you can be consumed by those things and, well, you're going to move ahead. Look in um, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. Let's read verse 14. Let me tell you one thing, too. Uh, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve had some set before them. You remember what they had set before them? said, here, you won't die. Surely it'll make you wise like God. You'll be as him. And what did he set before him? The serpent said, what? Fruit before him. Well, we think. But there was a fruit before them. But after they took the apple and conceived, or ate of it, not conceived, but took it and they ate it up, what happened to Satan after that? Let me say this. Satan will always try to entrap you with your thoughts, with your eyes, your eye gate. He tries to get you entrapped. And he tries to show you how inviting this. Try to stay with me. I'm almost done. Tries to show you how inviting certain things are to see. But as soon as you take this, the bait, and you, you chew it, and you eat it, and you take it and digest it, then he becomes your critic as well. There is no, there is no way to come out ahead with Satan. He's going to ridicule you. He's going to dog you. He's going to run you in the ground because of what you do or if you don't take it. And that's what he is like. And each of us have to understand that we've got ability to have grace here. Verse 14, seeing then that we have such a high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are without sin. In what ways was Jesus tempted? With everything, things that he thought, with things that he seen, with things that he heard. There was a lot of temptation that, that may have tempted us at times, but he was the same thing. He went through the same thing for you and I. Let us then, then let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace. What does grace do? Grace, grace helps in the time of trouble. It is, am I making any sense? Am I, am I stuttering? It, it's, it's grace. It's grace. Throughout the beginning of the Bible to the very end, we can see it is packed with grace. And grace is there for us not to take advantage of, but it is there because it's, it, it's just this. You know the difference in mercy and grace? Mercy is when you mess up every now and then, but grace isn't always, it's always out there. It's always there. And he wants to take advantage of it and apply it to your life. I'm going to close in one more passage. Second Corinthians chapter 10. For we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bring into captivity every thought that is obedient to Christ. How many has ever prayed, Father, take this temptation from me or take this temptation away from me or help me to avoid it? 
God gave grace for us to have when that happens. Just stay with me. There's one thing about it. God does not come down here and help and make our decisions, and, and neither does Satan. We still make them ourselves. We still make our own decisions. And with these strongholds, that is what they are. They are strongholds of imaginary things until we fulfill them. Weapons are not carnal. Weapons are carnal. Weapons are not carnal. We're praying. We're going strong. Oh, boy. <clears throat> Weapons are not carnal. Let's leave it set in stone, okay? <clears throat> Strongholds casting down anything that's opposition to God's word. Any thought that you are allowed to linger, and boy, I think this is good. The longer you let it linger, the longer it'll take hold and it become a bigger issue. The first time you ever had a problem with stealing or lust or attitude or anger or any type of mismanagement, until you begin to replace it with what? Scripture and get something in your mind and protective of yourself, it will take hold. Look, well, girls are really notorious for this. I'm almost done, I promise you. Uh, how many of you, when you were a young girl or you are a young girl, was worried about how your hair looked before you went to school. It had to, oh my goodness, it had to be. It had to be there. It had to be. And if it wasn't there, you made everybody in the house late. You cried. You pitched fits. You threw it. It just went nuts. I don't know what my thought was. Oh, it captivates your mind. It captivates your mind. Oh, that's terrible. Regardless of what it is, it will captivate your mind. Bondage of your mind is a house of thoughts, fear, lust, anger, addiction. What you think about will determine which route you take. And if you don't learn to replace that thought, if you don't learn to replace it, and I would encourage you to go to Psalms 1 every day. Psalms 1, you can see a promise in that scripture. And it's so applicable. It can happen to every one of us. Let's go back and read it one more time and we're going to dismiss. Y'all ready? Can we put down the board, Misty? Everybody just kind of read along. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the godly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. What is the scornful? A mocker? A mocker, he doesn't get caught up in the mocking. But his delight is in the law of God, the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Because if you do the first two, verse 1 and 2, look at verse 3 where you will become. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also will not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall do what? Prosper. But the ungodly are not so. Those who are consumed in their minds have, have been so ate up with so many things that are foreign, the opposite of God, they're, they're not prosperous. They're not beneficial. They're not, not a lot of benefit to themselves, but it's amazing how they so easily they can get trapped with, with the thought life. It comes into your eyes, and what you set before you, you consume. The godly shall not stand, therefore, in judgment, or to sit or sinners in the congregation of the righteous. 
For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Tomorrow morning, if you don't read anything else, read Psalms 1. But you got to read something. Or you're going to wonder where God is. You're going to wonder what God is. And you have no relationship at all. We're going to pray. You got some music for me back there, Misty? God, I know this is a real problem, and Lord, it comes in through eye gates, what we see, and, and maybe we put it before us, or maybe other people put it before us. But Father, I know this, that God, we are, are subject to be very programmable, to do, Lord, exactly what we see. And God, I do pray tonight that God, everyone that is here, Lord, it is not by accident that God that we said, God, it's not by accident that these people that are here are here for a reason. And God, if there's no other thing that they read but Psalms, Lord, it will grow and it will get embedded within our mind and we'll know that we are blessed. We will walk with the right perspective of what life is all about. And Father, that we can have victory over so many things that bombard our mind. Father, we ask for your help. And Lord, we honor you and your word to become alive to us. In Jesus' precious name.